your seats. I welcome all of you into the service. Thank God for how far he has brought us. Gradually, little by little, we are getting into the things that he has freely given to us. I believe that the Bible says that he's not a man that he should lie. And he says he's not a man that he should change his mind. One of the things that makes our relationship with God and our journey with God very interesting is that his promises are unchanging. Hallelujah. Last um, Sunday, we started looking at something in the book of Joshua chapter 6. And I want to continue. There's a series I will do. I don't know when it will end. But I trust that I will be able to share some very important truth with you. We want to turn our Bibles to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 6. 1 to 7, quickly. It's our breakthrough service. And I want you to be expectant. Hallelujah. Anything can happen in this service. The Bible says that now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long, they make, sorry, a long blast with a ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns, before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, proceed and march around the city and let him who is armed advance before the ark of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now last week, or this week, it's still this week, on Sunday, I began to share, I think I just did an introduction of this message and I was saying that the understanding of this message will open your eyes to major principles you can operate in or use to win the battles of your life and most importantly to also become who God says we are this year. I want us to take notice of a few things then we will proceed with what I want to do. When you go to the verse 1, he says, and the Lord said to Joshua, go to verse 1 please quickly. Now Jericho was securely shut now, Jericho was securely shut. Now, it's important to understand why the writer of this book 
started the story the way he started. And I'm, I'm, I'm laying a lot of emphasis here because sometimes we hear things like, don't look at the trouble, look at, it is, it is important to always remind yourself that God is most powerful. But sometimes to be able to gain the right perspective of life, to have an understanding of what you are dealing with, you need to assess what has come against you. Amen. You need to do what? Assess and acknowledge what has come against you. Now, the writer of the book of Joshua chapter 6 started the story this way. Somebody will say, but was he not reporting a problem? No. He started the story this way because Israel were at the doorstep of the very promised land that was flowing with milk and honey. And so the writer was seeking to call our attention to the fact that when God makes promises, it doesn't matter what makes it look impossible. You don't look at the impossibility. In fact, you don't consider it. You assess it, you acknowledge it, but you don't settle there and be afraid. Number two, the second reason why he made this kind of statement or introduction was also to remind the children of Israel that it takes God to honor the promises he makes to us. If he made the promise, then he is the one who will honor it. Hallelujah. So he says, now Jericho was securely shut. And it's important, like I said, Jericho was supposed to be the door, the major gate to the land flowing with milk and honey. So the mental picture is that if the gate into the land going to flow with milk and honey is that secured, is it going to be possible to possess it? Who am I talking to this evening? I don't know what you are going through. I don't know what your challenges are. I don't know what has confronted you and have come against your faith. But I came to just encourage you to understand, my brothers and sisters, that it doesn't matter what is standing between you and what God has promised you. Just as the children of Israel stood behind that wall and in their minds looked like ants and in their mind looked like it was never going to be possible, but God did it for them. That same God is on your case. He is about to do yours for you. See, one of the things I'm trying to do in my life, I, I won't say I've done, is to deal with worry. Because worry can change your perspective. Fear can change your perspective. Uncertainty can change your perspective. And in fact, lack of understanding can equally change your perspective. There are many people who have things today we look at them from a distance and we thank God that we wish we are like them. But what you don't understand is how they got in there. You know, in as much as it's important to celebrate people who are rejoicing, I want you to just go that next step by asking them, how did you get this? Because most breakthroughs and most stories or incidents that changes our lives do not just happen. Things happen behind the scenes. Hallelujah. No matter what appears to be standing in the way of your breakthrough leading to your overflow, God wants you to know that it is no match for him. Is it spiritual? Is it financial? Is it relationship? Is it health issues? Some weaknesses in your life or perhaps a bad habit you can't seem to break? You know, there are times when we give up on our own dreams because of things that are personal to us. Hallelujah. I don't know who I'm talking to this evening, but I came here with a strong prophetic mantle 
to open your eyes to see that God is on your case. And it doesn't matter what has come up against you. As he said to the children of Israel in the book of Exodus 14, he says, the Egyptians you see today, you will see them forever no more. And you will notice from right from Genesis through any time God had to speak to his people, he draws the attention to himself. He draws the attention to himself. Addressing the fact that you see something, but try and see beyond. So you see in chapter, verse 2 of, 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 of uh, Joshua chapter 5, chapter 6, that God says, see, I have given it to you. And the truth was that the moment Joshua lifted his eyes, all he was seeing was a fortified wall. In fact, theologians believe that that broad wall, that eight feet wall in terms of the breadth, and over how many feet tall was two. So it was not just one. So it was first one and the second one. So it was not just one. What does that tell us? I don't know what you are dealing with. And I don't know how long that situation has existed. It is never powerful than God. He is able to help you. For Joshua and the Israelite, it was the wall of Jericho. This prosperous and heavily fortified city was the gate to the promised land. Can you imagine? And sometimes what makes us go through frustrations in life is when you see yourself ready for the promise and yet it is not appearing. I prophesy to that situation. I declare to that situation that from this evening it will respond to the word of the Lord. I declare by the power of the Holy Ghost that the circumstances that has defied the authority of God's word in your life, tonight they are giving way. And the word of God is beginning to bear fruit in your life. It is beginning to bear fruit of 30. It is beginning to bear fruit of 60. And it is beginning to bear fruit of 100. In the name of Jesus. If that stronghold, if that wall is in your body, I speak to your body. Hear the word of the Lord. If that stronghold, if that challenge is with your finances, I speak to your finances. Hear the word of the Lord. You have been conquered. God promised us this year that is our year of breakthrough. And he is not just leading us in breakthrough. He is leading us from breakthrough into an overflow. Therefore, I prophesy that the elements of the universe will acknowledge the word of God over your life. From today, as you rise and walk in the consciousness of who God says you are and what he has said concerning you, everything will work out together for your good. Things will begin to work out together for your good. Things will begin to work out together for your good. I declare that helpers will rise from the east from the west, from the north, from the south. I declare that whatever you need, whatever is necessary for you to enter into your rest, to enter into the promises of Jehovah concerning your life, as we go through this service, they are beginning to come closer to you in the mighty name of Jesus. The Lord said to Joshua, see the double fence city which is the gate to your promised land. I have given it to you. I declare to you also. That very obstacle the enemy is using to steal your joy. The enemy is using to sometimes bring you down. 
out of that same place, you are entering into your inheritance. You are entering into your rest. Who am I speaking to tonight? Listen, child of God, when God decides to take a journey with you, he makes provisions for that journey. I came to tell you, you are not alone. The Lord is with you. His grace is in abundance towards you. Maybe today you feel tired. Maybe today you feel overwhelmed by that challenger. But I stand as an apostle of the Most High God and declare, I declare, I declare, I declare that every circumstance and situation you find yourself in is beginning to respond to the efficacy, to the authority and the power of the word of the Lord. I declare that change is coming. Your life will not remain the same. I declare over you tonight uh, that the authority and the power of God, uh, that which brought down that war, that which brought down, that which separated them from their inheritance, uh, that same power is at work within you. In the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, you don't need to feel it, you don't need to see it, you don't need to understand, you don't even need to perceive. Just know one thing for sure. I want you to know. The Bible says it's not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man to change his mind. I have seen God do so many things and I know you are next in line. It doesn't matter how long it has taken. Your discouragement is working out something greater for you. Your tiredness is working out something greater for you. The disappointments are working out something greater for you. Who am I speaking to tonight? I activate the the grace in the in the word and I activate uh, the power in the word uh, to begin to supervise your life uh, I declare that the power of the word of God shall be like a magnet uh, as you leave this service it shall begin to draw things into your life uh, it will draw the resources it will draw the strength it will draw the miracle it will draw the healing uh, receive it in the name of Jesus Take your seats. After wandering around the wilderness for 40 years because of sin, the Israelites were finally on the doorstep of the land flowing with milk and honey. God had promised their fathers. It will be a new beginning and a place to call their own at last. But first, they had to defeat Jericho. God has said great things concerning us. I don't know how next year 2021 is going to be like, but I'm so positive that your story, my story, will not be the same. I don't know about you, but I'm positive. I've seen enough after the 40 days. I've seen so much God is doing. And I want you this evening to just move your focus from the challenge. The challenge should be acknowledged but should not preoccupy you. It should be acknowledged. Now, as I run through those, that, that, that chapter 6, there are a few principles I saw, eight of them. This evening, I'll share three with you. Sunday, I'll share three. And then as we move on, I'll share the rest. And I am trusting God for a certain open heavens to make some declarations over your lives. Hallelujah. 
To defeat a kingdom that was surrounded by two sets of massive walls with securely barred gates must have seemed like an impossible task. But the Bible says they overcame. So let's look at the first principle. The first principle, like I have talked about it already, but I'll repeat it. Acknowledge the challenge. Acknowledge it. Jitum said, this is my condition. Now when we say acknowledge something, it doesn't mean accept it to be the final. Accept it to be, no. We are saying that admit that there is a problem. Admit it. If there is no problem, why is it that you are where you are and you are believing God for a change? Admittance is not a concession to hopelessness. To admit that there is a challenge doesn't mean you are conceding that it is hopeless. You are simply saying, like Micah said, do not rejoice over me, O my enemies. Though I sit in darkness, my light will admit. You see, if you don't know you have a problem, the tendency is so high that your approach for solution will even be wrong. Admit it. Admit it. Just be bold. Just be bold. Maybe you are struggling with alcohol. Stop saying, oh, me, Bema. I said, menum, bomb, be menum. Who be who? And Sabin Quasi, a son, now woken. A wow life with the about your Kosonaka. I'm a man, so my mouth must smell like a man. How do the mouth of men smell? The mouth of men smell. If there is any smell in the mouth of men, it should be the smell of what they say they do it. That's the hallmark of a man, not the muscles. You may be struggling with good financial practices. Some of us, when small money comes into our hands, you see that your shoulders go up naturally. It's as if somebody is inflating you. Small money. Small. Small money. You become critical. Everything gets your attention. Small money. Small money. I remember when Mauritius and we, we used to have open dinner. Very open. And we were shocked to see old men who came on vacation on their own. Remember that Frenchman, that smallish man? And I've been thinking, is it not young guys like you and me who work hard in a year, who must save money to go and relax? Listen, when we talk about rest, sleep is not rest. Let me help you. Sleep is not rest. Rest is when you are separated from your normal or routine chores over a certain period of time. It can be one week, it can be two weeks, it can be one month. You wake up, you don't need to dress your bed. All you need to do is to carry yourself to the washroom and brush your, your, your teeth or your tooth, depending on 
How many you have in your mouth? <laughs> Just brush it. Walk to a certain place. Get your breakfast. That's all. That's rest. And I challenge my sons who are married. Give your wives rest. Thank you. And I'm speaking to him. <laughs> that is rest. Rest is not sleep. Sleep is break. That's why you wake up. Some of us, it doesn't matter what time you sleep. The time you have to wake up gets, uh, uh, and like me, if I sleep at 1 or 2, by 2.15, I'm, uh, my eyes will just, like, uh, it will just open. As if there are batteries in me. That's, sleep is break. When we talk about rest, we are talking about a temporal suspension of your regular chores. A temporal suspension. And you cannot enjoy rest when you have not earned what it takes to enjoy rest. I'm sorry for that digression. But I needed to take you in there to understand, my brothers and sisters, that there are lots of things we have managed psychologically. We have managed by, sometimes I don't know how it happens, to, 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 to still bear. Let me say, we have managed to bear them along. They are not part of the faith work. The fact that you are able to deal with it or handle it successfully doesn't mean that it is part of God's plans for your life. And I looked at this old man. And you know what caught my attention? Dinner. And he will wear his suit. Different colors. So one day my wife said, I want to talk to you. I said, please. <laughs> I don't know, but no, she's that, um, she wants to ask questions. But I, I just said to myself, and I'm saying to you that you can do the same thing. But you must understand that right now, between you and the promises of God, there is a gap. And that gap must be closed. Acknowledge, the principle of acknowledgement. In Ezekiel 37 verse 1 and 2, it's interesting. I've been thinking about that scripture. If I used to, till, till I caught the revelation. He said, and the Spirit of God took me into the valley. And he took me around and I saw dry bones. And he said, indeed, they were so dry. And the Lord asked me, son of man, can these bones live? He said, thou knowest. You know why? Because he, he didn't see any hope. Are we going there? Ezekiel 37, 1 and 2. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me and set, set me, sorry, set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. Verse 3. And the Lord said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh Lord, you know. It means that, look, what I see, I will not hazard an answer. What I see, 
I don't want to try and say something. So acknowledging that there is a problem, my brothers and sisters, is not a state of hopelessness. It's not a concession that you have given up. You are simply saying that where I am, I can't help myself. Amen. Number two principle, the principle of focusing on the greatness of God. Focus on the greatness of God. Focus on the greatness of God. Three days ago, a lady called me from the UK and she was just telling me something. I, I looked at her. I've not even shared it with my wife. She said, well, Whitney spoke to me about you. I said, uh, what, what did she tell you? She said, Pastor, I know Whitney. And I said, uh, if you didn't know her, you wouldn't be calling her. He said, I know her. I said, okay. He said, I know what led to Whitney losing her womb. And I said, okay. And I'm calling you because I know that same God can do it. I was shivering. Because this lady we prayed for, I think the, the commission was barely four years ago. She came here, confided in me that she has, doesn't have a womb, but she's believing God to carry her own child. Can I speak to the women here? In this corner. That's why I used to do counseling. I used to sit here. Unfortunately, they sit there to drum and they don't feel anything. And I prayed with her and believed God with her. She called me and told me how things were going. She fell ill. The doctor started seeing something in her, like a tube, that began to expand, 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 expand. Nine months, she gave birth. What are you talking about? See, when I go through the valley of life, I don't pray in tongues. Some people do. I don't pray in tongues. I only need to remind myself, number one, what God has done for me before. And number two, what he has done in people's lives. Because some of us, sometimes we may not have enough challenging testimonies. It's okay. It's okay if you don't have one. But someone around you has it. Amen. You need to, that principle is critical. Focus on the greatness of God. Listen, after acknowledging that, yeah, this is where I am. I am not where I used to be. I am not where I want to also be. But this is where I am. The next thing to do is to focus on God's greatness. And stop trying to manipulate God. Focus. Focus. He has done it before. Like I was telling you, theologians believe that the war around Jericho was not one. 8 times 2, 16. So it was a 16-footer wall in terms of breadth. One wall, the thickness was like from this end to that end. How did they build it? But that wall came down. 
I don't see any demon powerful than the thickness of that wall. They will come crumbling. I prophesy you shall not die. Listen, your testimonies will not be shared on your obituary. You will exhaust every provision of Jehovah for your life before you depart. And you know, when the lady spoke to me two days ago, no, it was uh, today is Friday, so it's Wednesday. I was in the office. Suddenly, some new strength and faith came into me. And I'm not afraid. Don't be afraid. Remind yourself he's done it before. You know, let me tell you that sometimes the inspiration to prophesy is not there. Now I'm telling you, especially I remember up till from 2012 to 2014, 2015, 16, you notice that I wasn't prophesying to anybody. Because there had been a lot of prophecies which were not coming to pass. And I was wondering, did I hear well? Did, is it God who truly spoke to me? Then the Lord began to refresh my mind and my memory about prophecies over people's lives. I mean, I remember when God... You see, there are things, eh? You, you must just understand that it is God. The people in this church, God have told me to tell them they are about to get money. They didn't know where the money was coming from, and it came. You call that juju. Why don't I juju myself? You think if I have power over money, I will speak it over you. Only you. <laughs> Is that what you think? Then think again. Because me too, I love money. Remind yourself, this last 40 days, so many prophecies. Pastor Abna was reminding me today, he said, Papa, the people in the Accra church, all, almost everything you said about us have come to pass. And some of you here, you are seeing it. And the rest, you will see it. So remind yourself of the greatness of God. He's done it before. He has the history. The record is in his favor. Record of his events is in his favor. He is not a speaker, not do God. Check the scriptures. Hallelujah. Turn your Bibles with me very quickly. Isaiah 40 verse 12. Give me the NLT. Let me show you something. I want us to pray. We're going to be praying. But this evening, I feel strongly motivated to tell somebody that revive your spirit. Because that miracle, it will happen. See, don't set timelines. Timelines will make you anxious. Just believe it. Just believe it. Just believe it. Tell your neighbor, just believe it. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40. 40 verse 12, the New Living Translation. 40, 40. I'm not talking about Satan, please. 40, 40 verse 12. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 12. Who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured up the heavens with his fingers? Ah! Ah! <laughs> Look at these heavens. Let me confess, sometimes when I'm in the aircraft eh, and I'm by the window, that's all I do. I just watch and let me confess to you, in my little mind, I'm looking for a landmark. <laughs> I do it a lot. 
I don't know how it happens. Almost all my flights, I'm, I'm, I'm at the window. So I'm looking for, for, I remember one time I was flying, I think from Poland somewhere, and it was in the night. And in that quest to look for a landmark, I saw the light at the tail of the aircraft and I thought I had seen a lighthouse. Ah, we went for almost one hour. Aha, I was coming from South Africa. Then we almost one hour and I said, ah, what kind of light is this that crosses? You know, because uh, we were using an airbus, so when we cross one nation after then, you see it on the map, you know, on your seat. So then I remembered that, ah, it's your mind. Remember the greatness of God. He said, who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? If you feed yourself with this, you can never be discouraged. Then you can say with Habakkuk the prophet, though the fig tree may not blossom. Who am I talking to this evening? Always remind yourself, remind yourself. You may not have enough testimonies, but remember that sister, remember that brother, remember that friend, remember how God did it. God will do it again. He said, just in case, you can't even have human references. Remember what he did. In Isaiah 40 verse 12. Remember that. Remember that. He measures the heavens with his fingers. You know in Isaiah 49 he says, How can a woman forget the child he bears? Yea, they may, but I, the Lord, I will not forget you. For I have tattooed you in the palms, the, the, the amplified versions, in the palm of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Listen, that same hands that measured the heavens is where you are hitting. Something heavy is coming. Ah, I don't care who said you are a failure. They will wait forever. It will not happen. I don't care. Please mute the TVs. I don't want you to be, come, I don't want you to come to that place where you get discouraged. I don't want you to come to that place where you will be confused about what is happening in my life. Pastor, I can't tell. And some of you, when you get to that point, you begin to skip church and you begin to be angry. You won't pay your tithe. You don't give offering again. You are not doing the things you are not doing. You just don't understand something. You are just losing out on something. What will keep you focused even though the journey is tough? What will keep you focused even though what you are expecting has not come? It's a remembrance, a continual remembrance that you belong to the God who, who has the oceans in his hands. That word ocean simply means the sea. Can you imagine? He told Job, I love it. Sometimes I just go to Job 38 and th Job 36, 37 and 38 and I read it. When he started questioning the guys, he said, you people, come here. Who told the ocean, who told the sea, you can only come this far? Look at how long the world has been in existence. If he didn't have an owner, the sea would have swallowed all of us. Hallelujah. Amen. Guys, what happened to my sound? It has changed. More, more studio. Focus on the greatness of God. Let's read Isaiah 40 again. I love it. Who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? 
Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? It is God. He is your father. I have a father. He'll never ever fail me. I have a father. He'll never ever fail me. Jesus is my father. He'll never ever fail me. Rock of ages. Come on. Remind yourself. Listen. We are not of those who only dance and rejoice and praise God when things are well. In fact, we are of the species who sing more praises because it is remembrance for us. Who specifically go into scripture and we are looking for verses of scripture that tells us that the Lord is capable. The third principle. The principle of following God's precise instructions. God's precise. Now a closer look at the book of Joshua chapter 6 and you will be surprised that they were not only told to march around the city. There were details. They were not just told to match. There were specific details. Listen. Every instruction God gives us is his battle strategy. That is why when you skip instructions like do not forsake the assembling of the church, which I notice in this church, we choose services and I pity you. Sometimes I wonder what has changed. Because when we got born again, we will leave the office straight to church with our office clothes. Straight. No home to go and bath. Bath and please who? Who? We want more of the word. And I noticed something. Those who take their relationship with God serious, eventually, he lift them up. Every instruction of God is his plan. Or battle strategy for your life. I didn't get an amen. amen. Check it. Abraham was called from idol worship. Seeking greatness he never found. The man he was following to give him greatness died. And the Bible says God appeared and said, Abraham, I am your exceedingly great reward. Leave your father and mother to a place where I will show you. And I will make your name great. I will make you a blessing. I will bless a nation out of you. Can you imagine? If you want to bless me, must I sleep? Must I labor? That is how it is. Amen. God's instructions are his battle plans. His battle strategy for your life. Never ignore instructions. And in that, part, that third principle, as you follow instructions, pay attention to the details. Because I noticed and I've come to realize that when you obey God halfway, it is equal to disobedience. God doesn't take half obedience. This evening, God sent me to tell you that whatever it is, he can do it. If you didn't get anything at all, go home with Isaiah 40 verse 12. Go home with that. So, three principles acknowledge the challenge. Remember I said acknowledgement is not a concession that it is impossible. You are just acknowledging it so you know how much help you want. Number two, we said remind yourself the principle of focusing on the greatness of God instead of the challenges. And then the third principle is the principle of following 
God's precise instructions because God's instructions are his battle strategy. Isaiah 55 verse 8. I love the way God put it. He said, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Never think for God. Never think for God. Tell somebody, never think for God. And tell yourself, I will never think for God. Never. He said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Never. Throughout the Bible, we see many strange requests. God told Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, his only son, after promising to make him a great nation through his offspring. Can you imagine? The son you said you use him to make me a nation, he said I should give it to you. He was just testing him. I've told you in this church, nobody else gives God. Nobody. God told Naaman, the leper, to dip in a river seven times in order to be cleansed. Before a critical battle, he basically told Gideon, you have too many men. Cut them down to 3,300. And Jesus told the disciples to leave everything and follow him. He said, leave what? That is why in John chapter 6, Peter said, look, stop telling us to go away. We have forsaken wives. We have forsaken children. We have forsaken all to follow you. So stop telling us that statement. He said, where do we go? You have the words of life. Beloved, this journey, you are not just going to succeed by prayer. You are not just going to succeed by having the word. You are going to succeed by appropriately applying the word in your life. Number one, acknowledge that yes, I am not yet there, but I will get there. We are going and heaven knows we will get there. We will get there by the grace of God. Jesus is our mediator. The Bible says he is playing. He's still playing that role of a priest. He is seated at the right hand side of the Father, making intercession for us. He is interceding. He is on your case. Listen, Jesus is not blind towards the challenges you are going through. That is why it is not so much of how loud you shout or how consistent you pray. You can do all that. Paul says if you lack love, it is nothing. You see, there must be a connection to God with what you are doing. It shouldn't be like you are using it to trap him to do something for you. He knows your heart. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Say with me in the name of Jesus.